Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. This morning, we are so blessed to have a special guest all the way from the north side. Don't hold that against him. Uh, but uh, Peter Sweetman is the founding pastor of Bridgman Baptist Community Church, one of the, uh, the largest Baptist churches on the north side. And uh, he is also the chairman of the board of Queensland Baptists. And if you were here last week, you would have heard a little bit of, uh, of, of Jason sharing about a new opportunity uh, for Jason with the Queensland Baptist movement. Uh, he, don't worry, he's not leaving leadership here. He's going to continue to lead the church while also playing a significant leadership role uh, with the Queensland Baptist movement across the state. If you missed that announcement, there is some uh, information at the welcome desk. You can pick up a letter from uh, from the chair of our board to uh, find out a little bit more about that. But Peter is going to come and share today. He is a a great man. He's the founding pastor of the church uh, on the north side. He's a legend of the faith. So would you welcome him this morning, Mr. Peter Sweetman, or Reverend Peter Sweetman. Yeah. I don't know about a legend of the faith, brother. I think that's a bit out there. But anyway, it's lovely to be here this morning. Let me pray. Lord, we're coming to your word. That's the best. That's the best words that will be shared here this morning. Actually, it's your words. And so come do your mighty work uh, as we look into it right now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is good. Thanks, Tim, for the welcome. Um, And everyone here, just great to be at Gateway. I have traveled down to the south side. Um, but it's a real joy to be here. Um, a special welcome. I want to give my special welcome to all the grandparents that are here today. I joined that class, that, um, was, you know, that very special class, um, 14 months ago when my eldest daughter, Alicia, and her husband, Luke, had um, uh, Rosalie Grace, my first, my one and only, my favorite granddaughter. You're allowed to say that, actually, right at this particular stage. You can't do that maybe for too much longer. Because I, I, I've heard, in fact, that... Um, Jason, your senior pastor's already a grandfather. He's 16 years younger than me. Can you believe that? He must have been a child bride or something, whatever they call those people that get started early. I might have to wait until I'm just about an old man in my 60s before I could um, um, get one of those little ones. But um, wow, are they good. They are really good. So see some of the photos there. These are some. You know those boring people that are always showing you the grand, grand, uh, grandkids' pics? Well... I have it here. It's on the watch. You know what I mean? Praise God for Apple Watches. They are super. She's always with me, my little Rosa, and, and you just scroll through the pickies. You know what it is. Um, it's good. Um, my son-in-law, who's a tech-savvy boy, he said you can keep scrolling them, so I'm looking forward to a lot more to scroll through if my other married children would hurry up and get a job before I um, get busy in that department until um, otherwise I'm going to go to heaven with only one. But I'd love some more. Um, they are terrific. Now, it's a big deal, of course, when you get news that you're going to be a grandparent for the first time. There's a lot to do, pretty expensive actually as well. There's Rose's room um, that we had to get ready. There was Rose's car seat. They cost a fortune these days, those car seats, but you know, you've got to have them. There's the products that you haven't seen in years suddenly come back and fill up the house. Praise God that my wife's looking after that department. Hallelujah. And I've discovered too... Um, um, you just got to be ready for changes, um, quick changes sometimes. So, um, 
My wife told me on one of our days off that she was heading over to Chermside for a little bit of a shopping trip. If I can culturally translate for you Southsiders down here, maybe that's like going to Garden City, Westfield, that sort of place. And I, it's really not my favourite zone, that sort of shopping zone, I've got to tell you that. Um, and I just said to Marie, darling, um, I just might give that a little pass this morning on our day off. You can head there, shop all that you need to get. Um, that'll be terrific. Until I, I just heard, just before Marie was about to go, a little conversation happening between her and my daughter, Alicia, and they were arranging a coffee catch-up at Chermside, and I worked out with my little old brain that that would mean that Rosa would also be going to Chermside, and it brought a new appreciation of Chermside Shopping Centre for this man, I'm telling you. I suddenly thought how much I love Chermside. And you should have seen the changes out of my jammies, my sleeping jammies, and boom, straight away into all that I needed. And did I have the best time in Chermside I've ever had in my entire life. It was unbelievable. I was in the pram doing, you know, burnouts and just showing this granddaughter of mine to everybody that would have a bit of a look. How good are grandchildren? Did I hear that gateway? Well, there's a few there. How good are grandchildren? How do it indeed? Now, when they, they just bring us this incredible sense of love and joy. Every time I hear roses on the way, I get so excited. I get super excited. Now, let me ask something of all the grandparents here today. Is that how you think and feel about Jesus coming again? Is that how you feel? Are you that excited? That sort of excitement? When you know that Jesus is coming back, you've got everything ready, you're busy in the things that he wants you to be busy in, thinking, how good is Jesus? How good is he? There are, of course, some that aren't grandparents here today, and you haven't yet experienced maybe that joy um, of, of having grandchildren, but there'll be something in your life, I'm sure, that you get excited about. You say, wow, that's terrific. That person's coming over, and you're pumped up. Well, I want you to think about that person, and then I want you to think, what about Jesus? Is that how you feel about him? How, how good is Jesus for you? That's the excitement that Jesus wants us to have. You know that, don't you, about his coming again. It's why he came in the first place. That's why he died on the cross. The things we've been singing about this morning, gave his life so your sin could be washed away and brought into this beautiful, wonderful relationship with Jesus. And he's coming back. And he wants to be pumped up. Now, when you understand what Jesus has done for you and the amazing invitation that he extends to be part of his kingdom here on earth, starts here and then goes on forever, you would think, well, who wouldn't want to accept that invitation? Have you ever, you know, if the grandkids said, Grandma and Grandpa, Nana Pot, whatever it might be, would you come over to our place? We've had the kids here this morning. Who would say no to that? Who would say no to that? But when it comes to Jesus, it seems that our ability to decline his invitation is actually much easier than it might be with the grandkids. Jesus knew actually that this would be a struggle for many to take hold of. And I say that because he told a a series of stories about making sure that we were ready and excited about his coming again. They're really simple, easy stories to understand, but they're power-packed in helping us to get ready, to stay ready, 
to make sure that we're not missing out on the wonder and beauty when Jesus comes back to this world of ours. The readiness is obviously big in Jesus' apartment because he told so many stories. I'm only just going to mention three little ones. And it's interesting too when Jesus told these stories two days before he goes to the cross, these are the stories he's telling, wanting people to be ready for when he comes again. One of the problems, of course, about hearing familiar stories, ones we've heard before, is sometimes, well, I've heard it all before, they can lose their impact. And so this morning, I thought, we'd put a, a, a grandpa and a grandma sort of lens on these stories. See how we relate in that setting and see how powerful these stories are and the importance of them, the readiness, the stay readiness as we travel through this life. So you're ready. Here we go. Three little stories this morning. The first one, it's in Matthew 24 and 25. These stories come from, let me read the first one. Verse 45, it says this, a faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth. The master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. But what if the servant is evil and thinks my master won't be coming back for a while and he begins beating the other servants, partying and getting drunk? The master will return unannounced and unexpected and he will cut the servant to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. These are God's words to us this morning, can't we? In this story, Jesus is contrasting two types of household managers who are waiting for their master's return. The first manager is described as someone who is sensible and faithful. Someone who's devoting themselves to all the tasks of a household, like, you know, the shopping trips and uh, organising the disputes that might be there, doing the cleaning, all those sort of things that are commonplace in running a household. Now, what marks this manager is his good care of those entrusted to him. I'm not sure if you've ever noticed this, but looking after others, meeting their needs is a really repetitive process. Have you ever noticed that? How repetitive things are to care for others. Through an oversight of my youngest son, who I'm still at home at the moment, we... We ended up with some HelloFresh. He forgot to cancel it, and so we ended up with it. And so for the first time, I ended up cooking a HelloFresh meal. Never done one before, but they're simple. Even for dummies like me who's not really in the cooking thing, you just follow the instructions. And so last Friday night, I think it was, I was there, HelloFresh, here I go. Chopping, but do you know how much chopping you have to do to get a meal organised? The beans, the carrots... You have to chop them in a special way. Chop, 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 chop. Blender, maybe. That's possibly true, brother. Yeah. But I got thinking, you know, because I don't do a real lot of cooking. I don't do a real lot. Marie took over when I came up with my cabana and chip special that was in deep oil fried, you know what I mean? Marie said, darling, I'll take over from now. But I thought of how many beans and carrots my dear mother had chopped up in her life in all the times that I lived there and how many of my darling wife had chopped up in the times that we'd shared together in our whatever 33 years it's been together. 
there's a lot of repetitive things that are done when we're loving others, serving others, aren't there? It's, it's costly in that sense. And isn't that the real calling of loving grandparents? There are super fun times with grandkids. I know that. But there's a lot of plain hard work that goes with it too. Have you seen the mess that kids make when they're in the high chair and the stuff goes, it just doesn't stay on the high chair where food's supposed to stay. It goes everywhere and you're treading it underfoot and you think, oh man, we've got to clean up this mess. There are greater examples, of course, that I could give of this sort of repetitive work. How many... Grandparents pouring their lives out every week, standing alongside their children, helping to bear the load of family life, doing the school pickups, babysitting when a crisis unfolds, the courage to go near when they've got the stomach wog, wog you know what I mean, and they need some help because everyone's spewing up everywhere, and then grandparents courageously move into that space. It's not too glamorous. It's just repetitive, hard work. There are greater examples even than that again. We have some grandparents in our church. I don't know if you've got any like this in this church here. They're actually raising their grandchildren. There's some issues of drugs in families and other problems. And, and rather than having the free space, so to speak, that we sort of sometimes look forward to, here they are pouring out their lives, giving these young children the most stable and loving environment that they can have. We've even got some grandparents, um, well, grandparent-aged people who actually don't have kids or their kids aren't near. And they've built some wonderfully loving relationships in the community of faith and they turn up at playtime, you know, week after week after week, just loving kids, building relationships, huge investment of times. Loving others is... Just hear this this morning. It is so often just a laborious activity. This is love. Laborious activities over and over and over again. And that's what Jesus says he is so pleased with. That's what faithful and sensible servants do while they're waiting for his coming. Now contrast that with the servant who's supposed to be managing the household for his master but says, this has taken so long. Man, alive it. I'm not enjoying myself. I want to enjoy myself. Let the others do the work. I'm going to to have life as a party, just one big party. This is the contrast. Think about a grandparent. When the grandkids are coming over, they they work out the, the, the list. Mow the lawn, empty the dishwasher. They're getting it, you know, planned out before the kids even come. Oh, the windows need a bit of a clean this week. Let's get them into that. Let's, let's get the vacuuming done. And they have this list of kids. And when the kids come over, that's what their life consists of as they visit grandma and grandpa. Would, what would you say to that? You, you're going, no way. What about grandparents? What about grandparents who are responsible for looking after the kids one night and they get stone drunk on the night that the kids are coming up? What? Do you see the lens here? It's not right, is it? It's not the way. It's not a very zingy title, this one for the manager who serves the household well, you know, sensible and faithful. But Jesus says, listen, he says, terrific. That's what he says. Well done. Good work. You're going to have responsibility for much, much more because of your faithfulness. 
So you'd be encouraged, all you faithful grandparents here today and faithful parents and faithful people here, sensible and faithful, serving Jesus, pouring out your lives in laborious, so often laborious, regular task of ministry. I saw all those people out there looking after those kids as they headed out there and I thought, praise God for them. That's what love is. Their actions that are consistent with those who are ready for the return of Jesus, longing for it. The next parable Jesus shares was about 10 bridesmaids who were holding their oil lamps, ready to welcome the bridegroom as they went to the marriage feast. Big wedding party, 10, I can tell you. Man, it's huge. Well, shout goes up at midnight. He's on the way. Been taken a while, but he's finally got there. And this is what we read. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I I don't know you. So you too must keep, you must keep watch for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. These two are God's words to us this morning. Same theme, we need to be ready, but a different perspectives. If you're a grandparent, you know how crucially as important it is to have the right supplies at home when the grandkids come over, don't you? Some people understand what I'm talking about. We heard some of those. I know we can whip out McDonald's sometime as well. I understand that. That's good. But it's good to have the right supplies at home. I've been a very obedient grandfather because my um, eldest daughter, who I often take notice of, she's been telling me things all my life, in fact. And she said to me, um, Dad, no, no sweets for Rosa, no, no lollies. So I said, oh, well, this is so far. Might be changing as time goes on. But I've been obedient up to now. And... And so I was wondering, well, what, what can Grandpa and Rosa share together? And then I've discovered something. It's called potato chips. Have a look. Have a look. She loves them. Wow, I discovered that one day. I just gave her one. I don't, Mum's not real keen on potato chips either, but I gave her one, and she loves it. And so every time Rosa's there, there's Grandpa up in the pantry, pulls out the potato chips, grapple, you know, get that packet running, and here she comes running, and I'm giving her a chip. It's a little potato chip feast with Grandpa and Rosa. It's delightful. Marie never enjoins in, just, just Rosa and me. It's, it's wonderful. You've got to have the right supplies there, don't you? Grandparents will know what I'm talking about here. The five bridesmaids in this story, they were ready. They had what they needed. And they needed it for a long wait. They still had enough. Our relationship with Jesus is the most important relationship anyone can have in life. We all need saving, you know that, all of us. Even the best of grannies and grandpas, everybody needs to be saved. We all need our sins forgiven. We all need the gift of the Holy Spirit. With all the good deeds on, there's lots of good deeds. It's wonderful. But we need to find life in Jesus Christ. He alone is able to forgive sin. I love the words of grandma in our church spoke at her baptism about this time last year. I think she's up around the 80, maybe mark, somewhere around about there. This is what she wrote. 
I realised in all of life's troubles, we should turn to the Lord. Not stray as I did. When I felt like God had forgotten me, I now realised, I thought this was so interesting way she put this. I now realised it was me shutting him out. He never left me. The Lord always welcomes us and forgives us if we just repent. Jesus died for my salvation. And then she wrote these beautiful words. I hold on to this verse. No eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man or woman imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Wow, how's that from an eight-year-old woman discovering the joy of life in Jesus? There is no greater gift. A grandparent can receive, a grandchild can receive, and everyone in between than the gift of life in Jesus. It's, there is nothing like it in this life. It's this relationship that results in that spiritual oil of the indwelling Holy Spirit flowing in us and through us, the great resource. It gives us the capacity, you think about this, to listen to our grandchildren well and, and everyone else actually that we rub shoulders with. This is for everyone who loves Jesus and to hear their questions, to hear their concerns and then be able in that space, we've got the answers, haven't we? In Jesus, we have. We know who made the world. We know who made each one of us. Do you know how wonderful that revelation is, the little lives to hear that? It's, it's our world's all lost, but we know about our great God and what he's done for us. We have the words to speak encouragement and affirmation about the value of everyone's life. We, we know that. In a world that loves to rip and, um, and rip children apart, we have this great responsibility to share about how valued and loved they are, how Jesus cares for them, and to hear it right early in the piece so they're growing up with that in their heart and their mind. It enables us to pray for people. Do you know what a gift it is for you to be able to pray for people? We just take that as a normal thing often in church, don't we? Because we're just so sort of, we do it every all the time. It is a wonderful, amazing gift for you to be able to pray for people in the needs of their life. Be that in the workplace, be that in the family, be that anywhere. What a gift. What a gift. That's for those who are ready isn't it? That's what the ready do. In our waiting bridesmaid story, there were five unwise bridesmaids who, who didn't ensure they had sufficient oil. And by the time they tried to do something about it, it was too late. It would be like a grandfather, maybe, um, hearing that the kids are coming over on a Saturday morning. But he's got in his mind, I suppose, that, man, there's something I really need from the yard from Bunnings. And and can I just maybe whip down there before the kids get there and, and get that thing and then I'll be back in time to say hello to the kids and, you know, waves it all up and then heads down there. You know how this story's going to end, don't you? You know how it's going to end. I have to tell you the end of this story. He whips down there, sure enough, as he's driving out just about, the kids are coming in. They find grandma, uh, grandpa's not there. And by the time grandpa gets back from Bunnings, of course, what's happened? The kids have gone on to the other activities that they have for Saturday morning. Wouldn't that be a sad day for that grandpa? Wouldn't it? Jesus is saying we all got to be ready to meet him anytime. And you can't hope that you're in the vicinity of 
those with faith, maybe our wife, maybe a husband, maybe a parent, child, hoping that that's, they'll be sufficient to ensure your salvation in Jesus. Everyone needs to have their own faith. It's not enough just to be familiar with Christ. It's, it's having his heart and his light pulsing within us. The return of Jesus will be devastating for those who have had a casual attitude to his coming. Third parable, last one. These three servants entrusted with financial resources. That's what the story's about. Two invested their money really well. And this is what we read. Their master said to them, and the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Now, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. But listen to part of the conversation between the third servant and his master. The servant said, I was afraid I'd lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have got some interest on it. To those who use well what, has, what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. God's word to us this morning. And when it comes to grandparent investment stories, I'm, I'm sure many of you who have got bigger grandchildren than mine, more than mine, will, will have many to share, I know that. But we, we've made one little investment, and that is that Marie looks after Rosa one day a week. Um, helps my daughter just to keep her hand in at teaching and um, just, you know, a bit of a help on the family front return. Well, a little bit of financial return there actually is. Kids get a little bit of money coming in, flowing in, which is terrific. But I tell you what, there's some other great returns. Wow, are there ever. Have a look at that. You know when that one took place, the big hug? You know when I got that? That was at playtime at Bridgman. Marie comes along to playtime on the day off. And I'm up in my office, but I always sort of manage to be able to sneak down for playtime. I just find some time to come down, see little Rosa. I got that at playtime. Whoa, wait, what a return. What do we do? The other one, well, that's Rosa helping Grandpa keep my, um, my, my books in order, sort of, if you can uh, say it that way. Yeah. What do we do? The faithful servants in this parable are those who take the gifts that God, has, God gave them when they were born, knit together in their mother's womb, and those that were given when they were born of the Holy Spirit, and they use those gifts for the glory of God and for the honour of Jesus. There are some words that ring in the minds of those who pulse with the heart of Jesus. It's, it's the words you long to hear that Jesus will say about your life. Well done, good and faithful servant. Isn't that true? Isn't that what we're longing for? For those who love Jesus. Well done. Well done. The unwise servant in this financial investment parable, um, he takes his wonderful resource and decides to play it safe. Doesn't use his gift in any way. I suppose it'd be like a grandparent who had a sparkling pool at the back and they didn't want the kids to go there. They'd be fearful that something might happen and so they sort of hide it when the kids are little, somehow or other. And then when they get a bit older, they ban the kids from going in there. We know how much children love the pool. Marie's mum and dad were actually called because um, they had a pool and my, my parents didn't and Marie's parents were called grandma and grandpa pool. That's how the kids described them. They loved their pool. To play it safe, but 
with all you've been given by God. Some fear-motivated existence, motivated existence that you have that I'm going to hold back here and I'm not going to go there. And there'll be a terrible loss. There will be a terrible loss for you. And it will impact those around you as well. Obviously, Jesus didn't want us to miss out on the importance of what he shared because he kept telling story after story. And there's some more in this, this segment about how important it is to stay ready, ready for his return. So let me ask you, not just all the, all the grandparents that are here this morning, but absolutely everyone, let me ask you, are, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you staying ready for Jesus' return? If that's a thought that rarely or never crosses your mind or, or maybe if you're someone who is counting on the faith of someone near you to make you ready or maybe you've even let some barrier get raised which justifies why you don't need to be ready And that expression that we said right at the beginning, how good is Jesus and how good it is to serve him just isn't you. Well, Jesus told these stories for you. Did you know that? He told them for you. That's why you're here this morning. He wanted you to hear them, how important it is to be ready. You be ready. You be ready. It's not too late for anyone, is it? Not while you're living and breathing on this earth. It's not too late for anybody. It's that matter of doing what that dear grandma did, just humble yourself and say, Lord, I accept the invitation of life that's found in you, forgiveness of sin, the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's for someone this morning. It'll be landing somewhere. You hear it and you respond to that this morning. Hand her in to all that God has for you. Now, now let me say something to those who already have got ready for Jesus' return. You're in Jesus this morning. You're living for him. You're seeking to serve him. But if you do that, sometimes you get to that space where you're thinking, Lord, have I got the strength to keep loving you in that way? Keep engaging in those repetitive, laborious, demanding tasks of loving others and just keep doing it and keep doing it faithfully because Jesus is coming back, serving the grandkids. Serving parents who are aging maybe. Maybe you're even juggling both those things at the one time and it's so demanding in your life. Serving those who take so much out of you to love them, but that's what you're seeking to do in Jesus. Maybe it's not just, you know, the, the labor part of love. Maybe there's some of the pain that's associated with love. The pain of being misunderstood by others or facing rejection or, or being cut off. Sometimes even in our families, we have... We have some grandparents in our church who aren't allowed to talk to their grandchildren. Do you know how painful that is? I pray with them sometimes. Even moments like this, you know, when we're celebrating grandkids and so many beautiful things. There's, there's others just, they're weeping within. They're weeping within. They love, but the pain of all of them. And there's also seasons where it just seems so that, you know, so little seems to happen. The wait is long and it's filled with challenges. That's, you know, it seems a long time sometimes. We're waiting for Jesus. Ever been there and said, Lord, it'd be great to come back right now. Have you ever been? I've been there. It'd be great, Lord, just now. 
But we soldier on, and we keep soldiering on. Well, this morning, I have a word for you if you are in that sort of place. It's a word for you. You listen to it in just a moment. But I want to say something before I share that with you because it's not only for the individuals here, it's actually for you as a church as well, corporately. Jason spoke last week about some changes that you'll be facing as a community as he makes himself available for a, a broader, wider role in, in the movement of Baptist churches. Involves some more work, some further stretching within your community here. It will mean sharing. This is what it is. It's about sharing someone that you love with others. Do you know how hard that is sometimes? You've been used to having that person to love and be around and then they're not quite as around as much because they're loving bigger and wider and the cost of that. Well, Gateway, that's God's call on you. I really do believe that. And I believe that he has chosen you for this calling. And I want to say why. It's because you have shown yourself to be a church who is faithful with the things that God gives to you. Did you know that? I, I looked at that wall of mission guys in, in there today. I saw them all, counted them all up. How many? Wow. You've been faithful in planting churches. I know, I've, I've been involved in the planting. It's costly to plant churches. People that used to be here aren't here anymore. I, I understand the pain of some of those things. But you have been found faithful. You are faithful. You are continuing to stay faithful because you want to be people who are ready, giving your lives away for Jesus Christ. And so you have been now called to be entrusted with even more responsibilities. Ones that will call you to stand with Jason in that role, but also other leaders in this community who will be taking up additional responsibilities. So I've got a word for you, Gateway. I have this morning. And for all those who are being faithful here, and sometimes when that's costly and hard. So you ready for this word? This is for some. You, you note this one. Don't forget this, don't forget this scripture. Hebrews 10, 35, 36. It's a beautiful passage. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly, richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, the will of God, what he calls you to do, you will receive what he has promised. That's for individuals and that's for you as a church this morning. Take hold of that church. Be encouraged this morning. Now, what is that promise? There's one final picture I want to leave you with. The guys that are here, they're all ready to come. It's, it's, sometimes it's, it's just good to see things visually. Some of you have been listening so well with the things that are being shared here, but I, I just want to give a picture to end with. In the passage in Luke, where, where these sort of stories are being talked about, similar stories, we actually find this, this word about the reward. This is what it says in Luke 12, 37. Listen. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. They will. I tell you the truth. He himself, we're talking about Jesus here, will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. Is this not too amazing for words, folks? Is it not? 
that Jesus would prepare this for us. And remember, we're not serving him at this table. He's serving us. He's the host. He's the one who's saying, come, enjoy these things. Sit down. Be, be welcome. And you sit down with Jesus. This is, this is where it ends, folks. This is where it does end. Well, end sort of the first part because it goes on. It goes on and on and on forever. This that we share with him, this beautiful, beautiful feast that he prepares for us. And we sit down with Jesus. That's where the sensible and the faithful servant ends up. You know that. They're the ones who are ready for Jesus' return. This is the honouring that Jesus will give to those who stayed the course, stayed ready, kept pouring your lives out, kept loving him. So many beautiful things about the food that he prepares for us, you know, the blessings. And, and you know, he talks about the cup that gets poured out that we... We drink from it's it's an overflowing cup it's an abundance you see it's an abundance it's all worth it that's what i'm trying to say it's all worth it to love him to drink of the things that will that will never go dry they won't go dry the life of the holy spirit filling us we we, we have foretastes of this i know but oh I, nothing compared to the glory of what's coming the wonder. And so be faithful, won't you? We share in the goodness of God, hosted by Jesus himself. And to hear the words, you know the words, well done, good and faithful servant, well done. That's what Jesus says. That's what he says to those who stay faithful to him, come what may. That's what he says. Well done. Good and faithful servant. This is from Jesus, son of God. So stay the course, folks, won't you? You keep pouring out your lives. You keep loving Jesus. How good is Jesus? How good is he? How good is he? How good is he? And so, Lord, we say thank you. That's where we must come. This wonderful, amazing life that you've opened up for us through Jesus who gave everything for us. And so, Lord, strengthen us, we pray. Strengthen us to be people who love and keep pouring out our lives for others, those laborious, repetitive tasks of loving and serving others. Well, Lord, Strength, strengthen everyone, Lord, here. That's doing that in your holy name. I pray for those, Lord, that may yet not have discovered the wonder and the hope of, of this glorious future that's there for those who are in Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, oh, Lord, don't them go, let them go a day longer. Lord, I cry out to you. To enter into the wonder of relationship, the joy of the Holy Spirit who fills us and fills us and fills us forever, in fact. And so, Lord, bless this church, I pray. Thank you for their faithfulness and commitment, Lord.
pouring out of their lives year after year, decade after decade. God bless, bless, I pray. More callings, Lord, more responsibilities, more to do in Jesus' name. Well, God, give them all the strength, Lord, I pray, that flows from heaven itself. And Lord, help us to keep our eyes, Lord, on you. You're coming again, Lord. You're coming again, and we, Lord, we, Lord, we can hardly wait, King. We can hardly wait. Come, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know. 